This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Happy New Year and good morning, y'all. Welcome to the Tire Tailgating Show, getting you ready for LSU and Purdue in the Citrus Bowl. My name is Jeff Nowak. First time, long time, you know, hanging out with former LSU great Herb Tyler. How you doing today, Herb? That's good, man. I'm doing wonderful. It's been a beautiful um, start of the year for us and our family, and I hope the same for you or yours. Um, it's very excited to do the show with you today for the first time. Um, it's a pleasure meeting you for the first time this morning as well. Yes. In person, anyway. Um, we spoke on the phone a couple times, and I was looking forward to the day. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about what today brings for us. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time. And, and I'm curious, you know, you're obviously a guy who dealt with some of these bowl games as a player. And, yep. you know, what does this type of – it's obviously different now with the, the playoff and everything. How meaningful are these games to the players themselves? Because they're not like – you know, obviously there's no – ranking that comes out of it like there's no championship but yeah. they still mean something right in my mind it does yeah. right as a former player regardless of when the game is played you play for pride right and i was taught that a long time ago in in in, in uh i guess park ball and, and nard as well as um junior high at nakar from coach l ott we had this this word pride on our shirts that we had on the middle of a football and so that being said, I think that no matter what you're playing for, you should always play for yourself, your team, your teammates, your fans, and, and just the name that's on the back of the jersey. And so I think that um, playing in the bowl game now means a lot. And I think Coach Saban kind of hit it on the head as well, too, what he said. And a lot of people uh, – I don't know if a lot of people liked it or not, but I, I enjoyed it because playing in a bowl game can actually rise your stock a tremendous amount – or it can decrease it, or you can get injured, whatever it is. But that's any game, right? And so I think that playing in a bowl game really makes a statement to your team. I think it makes a statement to the um, the NFL as well when it comes to, hey, can this guy be trusted? Is he someone that's really going to be pursuant of loving the game of football and not just playing it for specific reasons, if that makes sense, money or whatever it is, outside of just enjoying playing the game? Yeah, and the reason I ask that is because obviously – for LSU, yep. one of the big questions is surrounding Kayshawn Booty, and you know, <laughs> the I, the the issue is not so much that he skipped the game. It's yeah. it's that uh, like he says he's coming back and he's not, and now he's going to the NFL draft, and it seemed very sudden. And I do like I know people are going to give him grief over that, and yeah. I just I wonder, you know, from the perspective of a former player, you know, 
what do you see kind of going into that decision? Because it's it really is kind of a like you understand why he's why you wouldn't come back. And I thought it was kind of a surprise. I didn't expect him to come back. I didn't think it made a ton of sense. Um, but he <laughs> went out of his way to put that graphic up, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I just I wonder, you know. From your perspective, what, what, where do you think his, his head is at in terms of the NFL, in terms of bowl games, in terms of college? How's yeah. that work? So I think that the, the, the first decision was premature. I think he kind of jumped the gun a little bit with that. And, um, and, and maybe he was thinking that his season that he had this past season was not a stellar season. But the one he had prior to or two years before, he was just outstanding. He yeah. was so great that he was just phenomenal. And everyone just gave him the benefit of the doubt that he was just this top – you know, five receiver, if you will, a top two receiver in college football. And I think that he really is, but he was, I'm assuming he was going through some stuff um, this past year. He and Jaden kind of were not really on the same page throughout the whole year. And I think trying to learn a different offense as well, trying to learn a new coach um, and trying to learn his new role too, because I think he was in a different position than what he was playing in previously. He was at the Z and then they moved him to the X and a little bit in the slide. So he was kind of in different places. So, that's kind of difficult for a guy like him, I think. And, um, and you know, and, and one of the, the biggest things is where are you slated to be drafted, right, this year? And I don't know if you've had that information in hand when he made that first decision. But um, I, I think that even playing in if, – if he would have played in this bowl game, he could have maybe had, I don't know, eight receptions for 120 yards, which could have risen his stock even higher. Um, and, 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 you know, you know a little bit more about it than I do being that you cover the NFL really uh, extensively. And um, in kind of talking to you earlier, you were talking about how he's probably one of the top two, three receivers coming out this year because of the, the receiver class coming out of the, uh, college football is not really that great right now. So that makes a difference as well. Now, I'm a guy that's all about, you know, allowing people to change their minds. You know, some people right. are really sticklers. Oh, you got to do this. This is what it is. Now, anybody that's in this room, that's just you and I, who has not changed their mind before <laughs> shall a, cast the first stone, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so it's okay. And I get it, man. Sometimes things happen and, and you know, he's a kid. He's, you know, I say he's a kid. He's a young man that's trying to grow into being a man. And they're not going to always make the greatest decisions initially, but at least get all the information first before you make a decision. Yeah, the, the interesting thing is <laughs> – his numbers year to year to year are actually like right on par. It's almost, right. it's straight across the board, but you look at it as like, oh, he had 45 catches, 735 yards and five touchdowns yep. in year one. But, you know, half that came in one game. That's right. Um, in 2021, he had 38 catches, 509 yards and nine touchdowns. That was in six games. Right. And this year, that's why you look at it like 40, 48 catches is a career high. Uh, 538 yards is like right there. Yeah. Two touchdowns is very low, but it's like, oh, yeah, he did that in what, 12 games? Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's like he did have a down year. And I do think it's a good a credit to Brian Kelly and kind of how this team has coalesced around him because I think early in the season, that was not a mirage. It was not going well in terms of how Kayshawn and the team was kind of working like that his body language on the sideline that opener Said it all. was not good and yeah. Brian Kelly didn't hide it he's like yeah that was an issue we worked through it and he became a team leader and you know I think when you look back at this season more than any of the wins or any of that I think the culture around the team and the buy-in from everybody Kayshawn included yeah is is what really stands out um because I think that's what was missing. You saw effort lapses in the last couple of years under Ed, 
and it just didn't seem like this team was cohesive. And, you know, the last two games this year, obviously, I think Brian Kelly, the way he put it in his press conference, he thinks they ran out of gas a little bit, which I think is fair, and you could definitely see that. Um, but be, outside of that, this was a team that played above its weight a lot, and then that, I think, is is resonant of the coaching. And, yes. you know, and Kayshawn not – being a distraction, even though clearly there was frustration going on as the season went on. I think it's all a very good indicator of what you can expect today against Purdue and then going forward. So Kayshawn wasn't, you know, creating those really elaborate or exciting plays 80 yards down the field and things like that. And I think people were looking forward to that. But what he did do was he did show that he was he can't be trusted as a possession type receiver. Um, He had some drops, but I think there was mental errors again. Um, I don't think that has anything to do with his capabilities. And then I think you're absolutely spot on with you got a new coach coming in, a whole new regime. He, he literally changed everything about everything in the in the system, in the program. And so everybody, everybody had to adjust to that. And one of the reasons you bring a Brian Kelly in there is to get to be able to come in and instill discipline, trust, and honor back into this program that we've once had that I say once, but that we have, that's a story program. And so you're right. We did kind of lose our way with Ed a few years ago um, or two years in a row, almost, if you will. And COVID was, has a little something to do with that, but you know, but then again, some other things happened or whatever, whatever. But Brian Kelly has done a phenomenal job of, of taking the bull by the horns, especially after that first game, because everybody was down on him. The fans, the players, the, the parents, the uh, cheerleaders. I mean, everybody. You the think the cheerleaders ba- are oh, they, they didn't even want to cheer anymore at the end of the game. You realize, <laughs> like, man, come on. But you know, but <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it's. But at the end of the day, it's like, can how can Coach Kelly turn this thing around? And I think he did. Yeah. Even though you know he said they ran out of gas, I don't think they ran out of gas. What I think is you ran up against a Texas A and M team that heard everything that how horrible they were, and they played their absolute best game of the probably you know uh uh their 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 whole span with coach fisher right i I, you know i don't know if they played a better game than that and then you you run into georgia and the sec championship we're just not on par with them right now so in my mind that's what what i think happened and um you take that and then you go into this purdue game and i think that if you win this game that gives you a tremendous amount of momentum moving to next year including the recruiting uh, class that, that he has coming in with some really great transfers. I think he's going to be exciting to watch here coming in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, one other thing on Brian Kelly is like, so for example, Kayshawn, not a player he recruited. Right. Right. And so the, right. you don't have this kind of built in connection. Trust, where trust you, or connection. Right? right. You spend hours on their couch yeah. talking to their grandma, yeah. you know, eating gumbo, right? Like, <laughs> that's not the connection that Brian Kelly had. He had to forge that in a month and that's try right. to then get this player who's struggling in his role to buy into his system and Correct. he was able to do that yeah. you know and and I think that was the biggest question I had you know you saw those awkward videos you saw the weird southern accent and you're like is this guy is this guy going to do this the whole time yeah. and just be awkward <laughs> right it, I I likened it at the time to like this could end up being like Stan Van Gundy on the Pelicans where it's like you could see these kind of you know rough edges that you just, just not fitting in this kind of area and with this team with the dynamic and it's like but will that be something he can he can get over and i think he has i mean i've been impressed with brian kelly particularly in interviews yeah the way he's able to speak about players and bring up real 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 content real issues without 
throwing anyone under the bus without making it personal. And uh, I, I think agree. That's good. So uh, there's one thing that I think none of us have actually did was actually pay attention to Brian Kelly prior to him coming to yeah. LSU. Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of hearing the hearsay about him, you formulate these opinions and things, right? And so, yeah, I agree that the the, the um, at the basketball game or in the arena and the, the accent and all that stuff was weird. But at the same time, he's trying, right? You can't fault a guy for trying at the end of the day. You know, and you're right, though. Like, when he, he did not have that connection with Kayshawn, like, as if they were eating gumbo in his parents' his, um, living room. But what they did do was they were passing in Rouse's on the cereal aisle, and that's how they talked a little bit, right? And, you know, they both like Fruit Loops. So you never know how that ended up happening. But he ended up staying on the team and for the duration of the season, and I think that he had a decent season, and hopefully he'll have an opportunity to have a really good NFL career. Yeah, and I can't hate on the accent. I lived in Massachusetts for six there months, and I started, you know, saying – then park the car, and I couldn't help it. You know, as long as you say pecans and not pecans. I don't, even, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. This is the Tower Tailgating Show. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Herb Tyler. Keep it locked on WWL. I like it. Welcome back to the LSU Tiger Tailgating Show, getting you ready for LSU Purdue in the Citrus Bowl. The Citrus Bowl has been a familiar stomping ground for yeah. the, the Tigers in recent years. If you remember the last time, LSU was in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, there was a familiar face over on the other sideline. It was Brian Kelly, coach of Notre Dame. That's right. And uh, there was that crazy catch down the sideline yeah. to win that game. And uh, I don't know if LSU remembers that, but uh, the players on this current team, I'm sure they probably don't. But you know, it's kind of interesting when you kind of bookend it and you end up back in the Citrus Bowl. Um, I don't think it was the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl back then. I think it was something else. But No, it was not Cheez-It, yes. This time, LSU is going to go in as, uh, last I checked, it was 15.5-point favorites. One of the reasons for that, Aiden O'Connell, quarterback for Purdue, has opted out. It's I don't know if he's going to go to the draft. I don't think he's declared. But I do know it has something to do with, you know, his family had a tragedy. His brother died recently. And it's, mm. it's really a tragic story. Yeah, not good. Um, and so I know that I don't think I don't know if he's d- declared for the draft yet, but he's not playing in this game. Their top receiver, um, I think it was Charlie Moore, opted out. Yep. Uh, and then I want to say there was one other, the, t- the tight end, their top tight end opted out as well. So you're going to see Austin Burton at quarterback, um, coached by Drew Brees. So maybe <laughs> maybe maybe you'll see the second coming of Drew Brees, but it's going to be not. interesting to see how Purdue handles this. I hope we see the worst of Drew Brees this <laughs> year. <laughs> but, you know, it's pretty interesting to have Drew Brees on the sideline um, as a familiar foe, right? Not really foe, but familiar son of the city, if you will. Right. Um, so it's going to be really cool to see him on the sideline helping his alma mater. But um, just so sad to hear about um, Aiden O'Connell's brother and his yeah. – tragedy that his family is dealing with so our, our thoughts and prayers are with his family yeah it, it will be interesting to see a lot of young saints fans learn in real time that drew Brees went to purdue that's right um because i i, I mean it was so long ago that i mean i'm sure a lot of younger saints fans wouldn't even remember but he was the king at purdue i mean he was a heisman finalist yeah. he, i don't think he was a first round pick but Mm-mm. he would have been it, it's a weird scenario because there's only 30 teams in the nfl at that point and right. he was the 31st pick yeah so like if it happened today the 31st pick would be a first, first round, round pick. like yeah. drew Brees was actually picked before lamar jackson i think because i think lamar jackson was the last pick in the first round but anyway yeah <laughs> i digress uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch and um you know i i would be lying if i told you i knew all that much about the purdue football team it's not you know, the, the Big Ten is not my uh, no. typical viewing party, but 
the guy I know knows everything about everything That's is, right. is Mike Detillier. And we're going to go to the Oakland Art Jewelers Mike talking D. text line, <laughs> get some insight from Mike D. How you doing this morning, Mike? I'm good. Let me tell you, uh, man, Drew Brees, I'll never forget Greg Williams. He's defensive coordinator with the Saints back then. He was like, Mike, the dumbest damn thing I ever did. I push hard for our team to, to get back late in round one to get Drew Brees. But <clears throat> GM in Buffalo uh, at that time, he, he didn't want to do it. He said, uh, man, you know, I don't know about that. You're talking about a guy who's five foot eleven. You know, I, I'm not sure that that's going to play here in Buffalo, Drew Brees. So he says, we don't make the deal. And all of a sudden, he ends up in San Diego with the then San Diego Chargers. Then he said, no, I got to play against him. You know, he said, I would always, he said, probably got me fired. And, and knowing Greg probably did. He said, I was always on my gym. I thought you told me this guy couldn't play. <laughs> I thought you told me he couldn't play. But, man, listen, Purdue's going to sling it. Uh, one thing with them, their offense, uh, <clears throat> when Drew was there, they threw it a lot. And they throw it a lot now. Yeah. The good thing is Drew ain't playing. Okay? That's right. That's right. He's coaching. <laughs> right. He ain't playing. And so, uh, you know, it's difficult because of the situation with Aiden. And I, I don't think he's going to play anymore at Purdue. I think he's going to declare for the NFL draft. Uh, just a tragic uh, family situation with him. But also, too, uh, you don't have your star receiver who led the nation in receptions and yardage, their top tight end, who was a, a go-to guy for Aiden. Aiden trusted him, would always talk about, I know he's going to be in that spot, and I'd hit it. And also, their defensive play caller at safety, he was the chirper. He was the guy that would put everybody in place. So, man, I'm testing that if I'm LSU real early. Because I know that that guy not playing in that game in safety, and he's the guy that puts people in the right spot. And Herb, you you know this really well, man. You got a guy back there that you think ah, those guys know what to do on every play. Ah, ah, that's not correct, right? You know all this crossing pattern stuff that they do so much today, and you check off to him and you pass this guy off to that. Man, if I'm LSU, I'm testing that real early. And for LSU, they don't have Ali Gay. They don't have B.J. Ojolari. They don't have Jare uh, Jenkins. Mm -hmm. don't have Keyshawn Booty. So, you know, it's a different world of uh, of the Bulls because Barry Switzer uh, told us to Buddy Diliberto and I this. When LSU was playing for the national championship with uh, Coach Saban, he's like, the team you saw in late November and early December, you never see them again come bowl time. Either you better or you worse. Mm -hmm. You don't stay the same. And we've seen it, you know. Michigan, who steamrolled Ohio State, man, they got into a um, uh, kind of a boxing match with TCU and got beat. Mm -hmm. You know, no, I think if you'd have played that game in December, you know, Michigan wins that game. But you didn't. And TCU came up with a game plan that had Michigan on their heels and ended up winning the game. So it's going to be interesting today uh, for LSU, and we get to see some of the young players now that we didn't see a lot during the year. A couple of guys right up the road from where I live, one, Savion Jones. Yeah. Uh, you know, because now with P.J. out, 
and Ali out, Savion's got to play a lot more. And Savion, he reminds me so much of a young Daniil Hunter. He's built just like him. He's six foot four and a half, got these real long arms, can get up the field as a pass rusher. He's put on some weight, and so he's gotten better against the run. And Quincy Wiggins, Quincy grew up on the bayou, uh, worked out with my old friend Ernest Harvey Jr. Turk at Camp Moolah out in Gray, and then had a family situation where he moved to uh, Baton Rouge. <laughs> and I want him coming off the bus first. Because Quincy's like six foot six and a half. His arms, I mean, wingspan, he came to our Louisiana line camp. I think he uh, he measured out with one of the longest wingspans we've ever measured, 84 and a half inches. Wow. And, uh, you know, so, but he's new to football. He was a basketball player, track athlete, played a couple years of football. But, man, does he look the part. And uh, so you're going to get to see him play a lot. And without Kayshawn uh, in the lineup and declaring early now, Kyron Lacey, yeah. who went to Thibodeau High School, started out at University of Louisiana uh, in Lafayette, and then transferred, you know, with no booty in the lineup. Now, Brian Thomas and Kyron's going to get a lot of playing time uh, at those wide receiver spots. And so uh, got a lot of South Louisiana, so to speak, rolling. But guys that maybe have seen some action but not a lot now gets put to the forefront because of, of what's happened the past couple weeks. Mike, what happens at the running back position? Is um, Are we going to see any of John Emery today? Or let me say, not say it like that, but how much of John Emery will we see today? I think it's always going to be running back by committee, but, you know, the one guy he always trusts. Josh. He trusts Josh, you know. <laughs> and listen, uh, uh, if I'm in that spot, I trust Josh too. But, you know, John has not made a decision if and I, if he's going to come out for early for the draft or yeah. stay at LSU. Yeah. But uh, I would play John a lot. John's their best receiver coming out the backfield to be honest with you. Uh, I think that that may be cured next year with uh, the addition of Trey Holly, uh, the freshman. But, you know, you he, he ain't playing today. Right. So uh, I want I want John to be a part of it. He's so explosive. His speed, his ability to, man, have uh, an extra gear out in space. I think you'll see John play. But, man, Josh being healthy, <laughs> I want him to be the guy. Uh, he's not the biggest, fastest, strongest. He's the most productive. You know, this game's about production. It don't matter That's to right. me how big you are, how fast you are, how quick you are. Man, you gotta you gotta get production. And the one thing I do know when Josh has been in the lineup and he's rolling, that's when LSU's played their best ball on offense. Yeah. So I, I have a question from the fans' perspective. So the last game we saw, we saw Garrett Nussmeyer come in in the in the SEC championship and play really, really well. And we haven't seen Garrett play that well ever probably at LSU. So with that being said, do you think that Jaden's going to come out this game and say, you know what, let me trust these receivers just a little bit more than what I have done in the past and see if I can grow, uh, you know, from, from I guess, the end of the season, uh, regular season, to now in this bowl game, see if he can let the ball go, just let it rip. What's your thoughts on that? I think you'll see some of that, but you know, so much of a big part of his game, Herb, 
was like yourself in that, you know, he could use his feet and his legs. Mm -hmm. So I'm not unplugging that just to show the fans I can throw the football. Mm -hmm. You know, my thing in this game is I want to win. And what's been a big part of LSU's offense? Jaden Daniels running the ball. Yes, sir. So I ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. You know, I've already proven to you how good I am as a player. And a big part of my game is the ability to keep that defense on its heels because I can run. And, man, Herb, I've seen – I've done this over 35 years and growing up here, I've never seen anybody that can run that ball like Jaden Daniels can. Mm -hmm. His speed is so deceiving because you don't think he's that fast until you're trying to catch him. And, you know, you talk to other people in the SEC, and I was like, man, I thought I had an angle on him, and he just outran me, you know. But you watch him, and it's done. And I don't want to use the word effortlessly, but it almost seems that way, you know, that he does it just so – uh, a part it's of natural. being smooth mm-hmm. uh, as a runner. And so, yeah, I think that they're going to air it out today. And I would test that Purdue secondary, again, without that chirper in in the lineup. But also, how many games has Purdue played against a quarterback that can run like what Jaden Daniels has? And you got to really be smart playing defensively against him and that you keep yourself in your lanes. Because if not, you know, he's 25 yards downfield. So I don't have to prove anything to any fan, mm-hmm. anybody who's sitting with a remote control in their hands, <laughs> okay, uh, uh, who probably played a little bit of high school football. I don't have to prove myself to them. My thing is to come out of here with a W. And because I do think it means something. I know Coach Miles used to always say, man, about getting the 10 wins. That, again, that double digit, and to think where you started this season and you would end up with 10 wins, that would be huge for Brian Kelly. And, again, a great selling point for his program, not say for the 2023 class, that's almost done. Okay, you just got a handful of scholarships left. Mm -hmm. But for future recruits and the fact that I can showcase it today that I have four guys and and maybe a fifth with Quincy, but I got four guys in Will Campbell, Emory Jones, Mason Taylor, Harold Perkins. I started them as true freshmen. freshmen. Yep. Okay, so if I'm an 16, 17-year-old kid making a decision – I got coaches tell me they can play freshmen. But when I look on that roster, I don't see too many of them guys playing. Now, you might say, well, it was because you had to. Okay. If you want to get into semantics about it, yeah, in details. But that is something Brian and LSU's coaching staff can flip that card down and say, we did it. We showed that if you're good enough, you can come in here and play. And it might be, again, it might be a fifth with Quincy Wiggins now uh, playing a lot in this football game that, hey, this is part of our first class. And for future Tigers, showing that we have a coach here that will play you as a freshman if if you're good enough. I think that says a lot 
for Brian Kelly. And I know one thing, Brian's smart. Uh, and he figured it out just like I did. I would tell that to every recruit I bring in. I agree with you. And Scott, I'm sorry, Scott. Mike, uh, I, I will say I am one of the best uh, remote control coaches out there. So I take that very personally, <laughs> what you're saying. Um, no, no. Hey, listen, you, you just got to accept it. That's right. You that's just right. got to accept it. Oh, I, lean, I lean right into it. All right, Mike, that's thanks right. so much for your insight. Very helpful as always. So enjoy the game, man. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. Thank you, Mike. You All right. We're getting close to the end of hour one here on the LSU Tiger tailgating program. My uh, diction is going away from me. I need to, need to right. drink some coffee and enunciate. That's right. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Herb Tyler. Stick around on WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. So that was Brian Brom, the brother of Jeff Brom. I hope I got that the right way, who is the interim head coach yep. filling in for uh, his brother who departed for Louisville. We're back here on the LSU Tiger tailgating show. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Herb Tyler. And he was talking about Drew Brees, interim assistant coach Drew Brees, a lot of yeah. adjectives ahead of coach. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think in a lot of instances you would see this situation where it's like, oh, this this big time all, uh, guy going back to his alma mater just to help out. And he would just kind of be there, right? He would just kind of be this floating figure. But that's not what it sounds like. It sounds like Drew, despite him coming on WWL and saying, I don't want to be a coach long term. He's, right. he's fully leaning into this to the point that the coaches on the staff are taking notes. Um, I think it's fascinating. Uh, well, you know, one of the other things I think is fascinating is that they're taking notes. And I know they got to have video cameras around there somewhere yeah. videoing this. And so what I need to know is, is, what are you taking notes of and will these notes actually help you in this particular game? Probably not. But what I think happens is Drew brings this sense of leadership and mm -hmm. winning attitude to wherever he goes, right? He's just this guy that walks in a room and everybody's like, yeah, it's going to be a great moment or whatever. Right. And so I think that's, uh, you know, Mike said it best. He's not playing today. 
And so we don't have that to worry about. But what he does have is I think he can give be an inspiration to everybody on that Purdue team to make them play a little bit better, even by just his words and his actions. Oh. Although I will say, I don't know what Austin Burton looks like if he goes out there and it's like, oh, he looks a lot like Drew Brees. I'm going to start asking questions. I will definitely start asking questions because, uh, you know, Drew probably can still play. Oh, 100%. You know what I'm saying? So if he's in that Purdue uniform, I don't know how many snaps he's going to give him because – you know, he is an older fella now, and he hadn't been practicing that much. But As but far as we know. That, that's right. It's going to be fun to watch, though, to see his interaction with the guys on the sidelines. So I'm going to be looking at that part of the game, too, um, just to see how his quarterback is actually reacting to what he's saying. And I hope he's on the sideline. I hope he's not in the booth or anything like that because you got Austin Burton. He's uh, 24-32 this season for 199 yards with a yeah. 75% completion. But that's mop-up, you know. He's not playing any true snaps. So we're going to see against this this LSU defense that's pretty good. Um, they're going to come after him. And if I am if I know LSU like I know him, they're going to really come after him and just try to see if he can actually perform under that pressure. Yeah, and what you can say about Austin is he's a sixth-year player. Yeah. He transferred from UCLA. Yeah. And I do think, like, this is just his chance to get, get on the show – showcase stage right yeah uh what brahm said is he came back this year he was like if i get if, if aiden doesn't you know aiden gets hurt or anything i get a chance to play and this is his moment and i think you know it's cool for a guy like like him yeah who now has spent a month like learning from drew that's who awesome. knows what austin's gonna do maybe he goes plays in the usfl or whatever um and, but like this is gonna be something that he he gets to remember for the rest of his life and feather in the head right and maybe you know i I don't know how much of this coaching staff is going to be the same under the new regime but like Mm -hmm. i think you're going to end up having like they're taking notes of like the drills drew Brees is leading right like who knows if that's going to help them long term it's just kind of a neat neat situation and i think i think other schools that find themselves in this situation would probably think to do the same thing because i haven't heard of this happening i think this is pretty unique you know, it's not like like LSU had Brad Davis as head coach last year. They didn't bring back, you know. <laughs> yeah, they didn't whoever. bring back Tyron Matthews. They didn't bring back Herb Tyler or anything. Yeah, uh, they should have, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. But, I, you know, it's it's just kind of a cool subplot to a game that, you know, probably will be two scores yeah. uh, pretty quickly, you know. You know, and for Austin, you're right, though. Six years ago, he was, you know, at UCLA or whatever. He was thinking, I'm assuming Chip Kelly was there at the time, was going to be his coach. And then here you are, his final game probably of his career, and he gets to be coached by Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. How awesome is that, right? Even if he stinks the place up. Hey, <laughs> he can tell his grandkids that Drew Brees was his coach for one game. Now, I didn't play well, but I did okay. But if he does really great, that would be awesome for him. And I'd love to see – I always love to see the kids do well, man. Regardless of who they're playing, who they play for, I really wish them all the best. And I think that – I think he'll have a decent game today. Now, it's going to be hard for him because, once again, I think LSU is going to – put the pressure on him and to make him show and prove that he can play. No doubt. And every year that story is going to be get a few more yards and That's a right. f- few more completions because right. the kids are never going to Google it. That's right. Don't worry about it, Austin. You got this. <laughs> you got All right. It. This is the LSU Tiger Tailgating Show. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Herb Tyler. This is WWL. All right. Closing out hour one here on the LSU Tiger Tailgating Show. My name is Jeff Nowak alongside Herb Tyler. I do have to mention before we go to this long break here, We've talked a lot about LSU. Yes. But we do have to mention Tulane. Oh, go away. Arlington. That's right. I I am annoyed at the NCAA or the whole bowl system. Do you have to put these games at the exact same time? That's right. LSU and Purdue kicking off at noon on ABC or on ESPN and uh, Tulane and USC kicking off at noon 
in in the Cotton Bowl. That's a bummer to me. That like I want to watch the Tulane game, but I can't watch two games at the same time. Well, you got to get the two TVs going. Yeah. All right. I have to come over there and show you how to do that. There's I mean, one I know wire here, two wires. Oh, okay, okay. But I can't I can't actively complain about two games at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. Well, it's just a wonderful thing that Tulane is actually playing on New Year's Day, if you will. Close enough. Beyond, you know. And it's awesome, man, because they have a really great team. And, that you know, they beat Kansas State early in the season, and everybody thought that was a fluke, but it yeah, was not. And Here Kansas we are. Kansas State's either beating TCU. There you go. The, the transitive property is working for Tulane right now. All right, this yeah. is the LSU Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL. Coming back for another hour. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.